Hello and welcome to the Talk Spooky podcast. It's a podcast, we talk spooky. That's pretty much it. Hello. Yeah, thanks for listening. Um, We'll see you next week. Ah, yeah. Also, Hi. bye. No. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hello, friendos. How are you doing? Hi. 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 Friend. Why am I fucking saying exactly the same thing as you, just in my voice? Yeah. I mean, that is yeah. kind of what the whole podcast is. What, just me repeating you, pretty much? I would say vice versa, but yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, I hope you are good. Thank you for tuning in to us again. Um, again. Especially after and we had a little bit of a, a rough patch, didn't we, last time we recorded? Yeah, um, I, I was not best pleased with how it came out. Um, I just felt like we had a proper... We needed it. We needed a guff episode. We needed, and, listen, every anime, uh, every TV show you watch has got filler. Yeah, we all remember the... Was it the the B episode or what the fuck was that? The fly, the fly episode oh, Breaking of Bad. Breaking Bad. I hate that. That episode. was our fly episode. Yeah, that was our fly episode. Mm. Hopefully you didn't tune in for the first time on that. And in anime, wait, you why would you still be listening? Arcs. Whole yeah. Oh arcs my god. Of filler. So you remember Dragon Ball? Listen, when, like... we do this every two weeks, and we've never taken like a break. So I know of some other podcasts. Yeah. Listen, we're just making excuses for ourselves here, but yeah, um, I know some other podcasts that are like series one, and then you know they'll come back and a few months later months. with like yeah. series two. No, we do this every two All weeks the time. for yeah. the last what is it four years we've been doing this? Three and a half Three years, and a half. yeah, nearly four. Four, four in September. Mm. It's mad, isn't it? I just got a little thing on my time hop uh, today telling me that it was our 12th episode had come out today wow. and that we were plugging it on my social media wow so mm. yeah so that's Sorry. it uh, if you haven't joined us before hello um we've been doing this like obviously since way before the pandemic because we oh, couldn't goodness. see each other as much as we would have liked um uh, which is ironic uh that yeah. this is now happening uh which has driven an even bigger wedge uh between us, really, it's another huge obstacle. The pandemic. I know the pan. It's it's been panicotta. horrible. Yeah, the panicotta. Um, the pepper pig has been truly terrible, and it has been. I feel like it has been kind of detrimental because mm. we're used to seeing each other a lot more. Um, and it we're all fucking stressed all the goddamn time, so. Excuse episode. This can be the excuses episode. No. Anyway. <laughs> So, what do you want to talk about, mate? Um, I mean, should we do a little bit of a, a recap of how our week's gone? I mean, yeah. I am late to recording by like an hour and a half because uh, we found that we've been getting wasps in our house for about five weeks. We've had them kind of in dribs and drabs. In the last couple of days, we have had at least one wasp in our house every day this week. <sighs> Today, I've come home from work, there were two. Um... So we've gone up into the attic. I've gone and done the thing where you stand outside and you look at your house and try and see if you can see where they're getting in. And I was like, I think there might be something to do with the eaves in the top of the house. So Jimmy was like, oh, I'll go have a look in the attic. And then, yeah, lo and behold, we've turned the light on and there's a big old fucking dickhead wasp on the light. So I've got someone coming to look at it tomorrow. But the problem with it is, because it's in our attic, and our attic is our storage, we have got all of our crap in there. So if there is 
a nest it could be anywhere i mean oh. hope, like you say hopefully it will be if it you know in the eaves like yeah hopefully, it's hopefully they've not made it like in your in your christmas tree decoration exactly box, you know? can you imagine oh that sucks so i much. would i would be surprised oh god but yeah i fucking hate wasps they're my least favorite of all of the insects just little devil bees mm. so i just fucking hate them i know you're supposed to save all the queens but i just want all of them dead <laughs> sorry mate aren't wasps oh, not um any good for like pollination of flowers that kind of thing no so. i think they're part of the ecosystem in that they like mm. reduce the pop- population of caterpillars but who not like a fucking butterfly man like i'd much rather have excess butterflies than excess wasps yeah, it's like they're not out there pollinating flowers and making honey, are they? So they can just piss off. Just and out they there hurt eating people. things. Rude. And fucking killing things and just being horrible. Ugh. So yeah, so that's how I've I've had to date. That was this week. And then last week, Violet dyed herself fucking purple, oh, yeah. didn't she? I remember, yeah. <sighs> God. Did I talk about that on the Yes, podcast? you did. That was I think it was the very day that, that the had day, happened. Yeah. She dyed herself fucking purple. She's done mm. so much dumb shit recently that I've like literally lost count of what dumb shit she's done that day. So wow, yeah, wasps and toddlers. Am I right? Contender <laughs> for the episode title already. Yeah, fucking hell. How are you? Uh, yeah, I'm You're okay. Right. I'm tired as hell. I've just started yeah. a new job two days ago. Um, it's a different year group. There's no planning left for me. Um, and you've actually met your kids now yeah you met them last time. last two days i've met them like two days i'm trying to learn 30 children's names oh, God. i'm trying to figure out what their ability levels are i'm trying to remember the name of every other colleague of mine in the school i'm trying to Jesus. plan my lessons for next week um tomorrow morning i've got a fire drill um oh. which the children obviously it's like a they won't know that yeah. it's a drill um, I don't know the fucking children's names properly yet, so I've got to line oh them up after, and like take a register with them outside. Uh, yeah, and be like, "Who the fuck is that?" Might name tag them. Um, anyway, maybe you could do the thing. Like, do you remember in Scrubs, um, Heather Lock? Not Heather Locklear. What's she called? Graham. Um, Heather Graham. Thank you, Heather Graham's character, where she like holds oh. onto their heads and is like mayonnaise, maya, 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 may, may, mayonnaise. I have some no. like cracking names in my class. I have a Sorsha. Sorsha. Oh, hello, um, it is Saucha. very middle class area. I was I gonna say that sounds a drag name. It's not Sasha. Sorsha. 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 There's a there's a few more like that, but I'm my, I'm too tired right now. <laughs> um um yeah and also i've never commuted before it's like it's not too far yeah. of a drive it's about 20 minutes um but i've been commuting for the first time i've never actually driven in the Damn. car not really driven in a car um without someone else with me oh, as a new driver so like i'm just building up like at the moment i'm lucky my boyfriend's still like coming with me and then driving back <gasps> so i'm driving but yeah it still has someone in the car but i'm hoping for next week to be like actually in the car just on my own oh that's a big step though yeah. oh i had a fucking driving lesson this week oh nice for the first time Again, in finally six months it back jesus yeah. it's like fucking september is the last time that i had a driving lesson yeah so so that was fun how did it go um 
Yeah, it went really well. I had a really good time. <laughs> I like beep, driving. Beep, beep. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you um, were driving for a while, weren't you? So. Yeah. Are you picking so, it back up easy enough? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing I'm doing okay. Um, but yeah, so I'm driving. Uh, I had to drive on a dual carriageway. It's the first time that he's kind of trusted me to do that. Yeah. Uh, but my test is like not far off. I don't want to say when it is because my mum listens to this and my mum doesn't want to know when my test is. Bless her. Okay. So, um, but it's not too far away. Uh, so I was a little bit nervous that we, I wasn't going to get enough lessons in before it. Mm. But he's just fine in time. Could you go out in, what, like Jimmy's car with Jimmy? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think I'd be insured on it because um, uh, his com- it's a company car that he's got. Oh, okay. So What will like, you do funny. then when you pass? I don't really need a car. This is it. I don't really need a car. I think it's just nice to have the option. Yeah, but you that... kind of need to keep it up. Otherwise, you become like me who passed four years yeah. ago and then, you know, <laughs> have to well, get top I'll probably lessons. do... I'll probably rent a car like once every few months and then like So could you not just hop in the company car places. like to go to the shops? Is that not allowed? I'd need to be I need to be on his insurance. This is yeah. a problem. And it's whether or not they would insure me because I'd be a new driver. And they're really, really picky apparently. Um I mean I could do. I could look into it. I might I I think maybe in my in his last car he was like mm, I don't know if you can do that because it was like a really big yeah. expensive car <laughs> but now that it's not a really big expensive car he might be more willing to look into it a little bit further I don't yeah know. this is the thing with Jimmy is that he sometimes he says things with such conviction that you just take them as gospel and it's then that it white man out, confidence yeah man like what is that my boyfriend does that as well he like he just says Jeez. stuff and he like he doesn't know. I know that he doesn't yeah. know, but he just says it. it's like, yep, yeah, no, that's true. That's actually a fact. And I'm like, Total you don't bullshit. fucking know that. Yeah. And then I say, wait a minute. And then, but the, the amount of times that I've like caught him out and been like, that, you fucking asshole. You said that with such conviction. Yeah, I, I believe you. I pull you. my boyfriend up on that all the time. I'm like, listen, yeah, you said that with white that. man confidence and you genuinely did not. That's what I've coined it. I'm doing that. That's what I'm going to call it. Next time, I'll be like, don't be using that white man confidence mm-hmm. with me. I know that you're taking the piss. Mm-hmm. I would say straight white man confidence, but my boyfriend's not straight, so. I don't even know what Jimmy is. <laughs> <laughs> um, Should we crack on? I've got, Go on I've got a doozy. Nice. Um, our very good friend, Jim Goodluck. Yay, the... I love Jim. I love Jim. He's a fucking so ace. nice. Oh, so if you haven't already, check out Jim's podcast, The Forgotten News Podcast. It's bloody brilliant, and the people who do it are fucking ace. So, cannot recommend that shit enough. Um, Jim has been a real wonderful supporter of ours, proper cheerleader of our shitty little podcast. So, thank you so much. Anyway, so... When we were doing the Yorkshire Ripper, I think Jim could tell that we were getting a little bit burnt out with yeah. talking about him and murder for so fucking yeah. long that he took it upon himself to not only find us an interesting case to talk <gasps> about, but do the fucking research for us and actually send us all of the everything you needed. Yeah, literally everything that I fucking needed in my damn life. Like, uh, thank you so much, Jim. You're a fucking ledge. So we are today going to be talking about Carol Compton, 
the nanny they called witch. Have you got the email? I thought I thought the his reasoning read his reasoning for sending it to us was really nice as well. Yeah, it's one of those things that like he emailed us and I think Lenny saw it and you must have gone. Oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I'll do that. And no, then you forgot. forgot. And then I had a look at the inbox. Uh, literally a couple weeks ago and i was like yeah. oh yeah there was this email from jim in february and like you never spoke to me about that and we've never done this so i no, then and... reminded Lini. and yeah and then you starred it for me and i found yeah. it again um so here's a message from jim it says hey today i happen to remember a true crime case with a weird spooky angle that i thought might be good for your podcast so he then he gives like a kind of brief description of what the case is about which um i'm not gonna do because it's spoilers um and so he says so what is the connection to your show she now lives in yorkshire hey! <laughs> Woo! specifically west yorkshire by the way which i found out um i was tempted to google her but thought that might be a step too far like let the girl live um so he said it would be a lovely palate cleanser after all of the Sutcliffe drama and in case you might be interested here are some links so he's quoted these sources for me. We've got ghosttheory.com. We've got supernaturaltendenciespodcast.com. And we've got medium.com. So check those out if you want a little bit more information on this, you guys. Um, and then at the end of it, he said, have a wonderful day and a little sunshine emoji. <laughs> and I fucking live. So pure. Love that guy. Yeah. So I'm going to talk to you about a gym spesh. It's Carol Compton. The nanny witch, bitch. Nice. Thanks. Carol Compton is a 20-year-old Scottish girl living in Aberdeen. That's how they talk in Aberdeen. Uh, no, it's not. Okay. I'll take <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing a Scottish accent. I'll get done. Uh, so poor Carol had always seemed to be the victim of some rotten luck. Little things always seemed to be going wrong in her life. Electrical items always broke down in the family home and small objects would disappear and then reappear days later. She was just one of those people that was like, cannot catch a break. Uh, She worked at the local fish canning factory and when one day she was working, a conveyor belt inexplicably snapped and nearly severed her leg. And that's when she started to think, fuck, maybe I'm cursed. (laughs) Like, not just rotten luck, I am like, seriously something hates me but her luck seemed to pick up when she met a tall dark and handsome stranger called marco vitulano the two began a three-year romance and quickly fell in love oh wow carol and marco things seemed to be really picking up for carol until her bad luck struck again Marco had been called back to Italy to continue his national service. Well, buggery bollocks. But all was not lost. The pair got engaged and Carol vowed that she would follow her new fiancé to his homeland where they would make a new life together. Oh my god. Within weeks, Carol had left the cold and soggy Scotland and begun a new life as a nanny for a rich family in Rome. And that was in July of 1982. Okay. Things were totally coming up, Carol. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> the nanny agency had warned Carol that it usually takes a few families to kind of find your footing, find yourself a good fit. So when she gets quickly fired from her first job, Fuck. no one's too concerned. Yeah. I mean, quickly well, fired is a little bit. 
it's like well you've been there for like a week i suppose that's not so bad um but yeah so they're kind of like oh it's cool it takes a little while for you to find like a proper gel like we'll find you another family that's going to be a better match inverted commas but they were wrong carol arrives on the island of elba on the 1st of august to take care of three-year-old agnes cecchini okay agnes oh i love that name it's so cute the child's grandmother had not been impressed already and had seen off four English nannies. Now, initially I was like, the fuck? Like, um, and I was like, fuck, are they under the damn patio? But no, that it's like, she's kind of been like, away with you. You will not be looking after my three-year-old grandbaby. Uh, she did not have high hopes for the young Scott. And this assessment proved to be right because Carol lasted two damn days before she got stabbed. Wow. Wow. So actually, there was one article that said two days and there was one article that said it was a few months. But um, I like the two days ones better. So I'm going with that. So the day after starting her new job, Carol had put Agnes down for an afternoon nap on the bed pushing the cot up against the side of the bed to make sure that the toddler didn't fall out while she was sleeping. But within minutes of setting the toddler down, the family saw black smoke billowing from the bedroom and the cot's mattress was on fire. What the fuck? What the fuck, indeed. So the family claim that their new nanny had just stood watching the fire from the hallway, making no attempt to help. And it was actually the toddler's grandfather who charged into the room, throwing the burning mattress out of a window, saving the baby. What the hell? So she's just there like, <laughs> Luckily, Agnes is unharmed, but the family are obviously furious. There had already been one small fire the day of her joining the family, but that was in the grandparents' room, and they had put that down to being um, an electrical fault. There's a lot of that where they just assume <laughs> it's electrical faults, and I was like, how mm. bad is the fucking electricity in Italy, dude? Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> So now the family are suspicious. They is sus as hell. Slowly, each family member turns to Carol and begins to point the finger. But it's the grandmother who begins to pursue the new the new nanny, trapping her onto a balcony, screaming, "It was you!" over and over. Oh my god, the yeah. drama! I know. So the police arrive within the hour, and Carol is escorted off the premises in a police car. She's charged with arson and attempted murder and thrown into Livorno prison. From prison. From prison. 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 Oui, oui. Um, Carol's mother receives a telegram about her daughter's fate. It reads, In jail, Livorno, Italy, supposed to set fire to child's cot intending to kill her. Telephone Marco immediately. <laughs> what? <laughs> I would fucking die. He'd be like, what are you you've been there two days what you're in jail <laughs> bitch so sadly carol's fiance marco who she traveled halfway across the fucking world to be with he no longer wanted anything to do with her it's like oh you're in jail like for better or for worse like i'm good <laughs> but not for prison not for prison no thank you so not only did Carol find herself to be incarcerated, she also found herself jilted and her face was splashed all over the Italian newspapers. 
Carol was completely alone in an unfamiliar country with no money to pay her for her legal representation. Her family began fundraising to desperately try and gather enough money to see their daughter through the upcoming court proceedings. But then, luck strikes, finally! A lawyer that had been... Oh no, shit. So, sorry, my bad. So not luck yet. Bad luck still. The lawyer that was assigned to Carol couldn't speak English and and Carol couldn't speak Italian. So they were fucked. (laughs) Um, But then, as things looked bleak, a Scottish advocate holidaying in Italy comes to Carol's aid and offers to work pro bono in her defence for as long as he could. He was confident that he could get her bailed. There had been two fires, but the Italian family had admitted that they, she had been nowhere near the first one when it was when it had occurred. So he was like, well, there's just one fire then. So that's just one fire. We can get you bailed out whilst we get all this sorted and you can go back home. But then something happens that nobody anticipates. And Celia Sacchini, the grandmother, accuses Carol Compton of witchcraft in a national newspaper. Oh my God. The grandmother insists that the Scottish nanny had magical powers of telekinesis that had started both of the fires. No words. But I guess Italy is a very old, very superstitious kind of uh, Bible bashy country. And this was like in the 80s. 80s. Yeah. So... Sensitive to the massive publicity generated by the rumours, the judge um, trying Carol's case decided that bail would not be offered until the thorough psychiatric examination had been undertaken, meaning that Carol would be imprisoned for months. Her lawyer, who was already frustrated by the pace of the Italian legal system, was concerned that she would be detained indefinitely without a trial. Because it's like, well, once she's in there how the fuck does she get out like they could literally just put her in a psychiatric facility and just keep her there forever yeah which is crazy then another spanner is thrown into the works carol was unexpectedly transferred to another prison this time in the northern town of bolzano she was facing further charges of arson yeah the Ricci's, the family that Carol had initially nannied for when first coming to Italy, you know, the one that wasn't a good fit. Yeah. They came forward after reading the events from Elba and accused her of starting three fires in their holiday home while she was working for them. By December of 1983, a year and a half after first coming to Italy, a defiant Carol finally stood trial for her first conviction. By this time, she had lost her British lawyer because he'd said he could stay on for as long as he could. But, I mean, it's fucking two years, mate. Like, there's only so long that someone can stay there. She's used up most of her legal funds. but she, And she's standing in a converted chapel, being accused of witchcraft, completely alone. Like, dude. The press and public jostled for seats in the court to bear witness to this monumental case in person. Could this seemingly innocent girl really be a witch? <laughs> oh my god. It's like I'm writing for the fucking Daily Mail when I yeah. write these things. Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. So everyone sat with bated breath as the prosecuting lawyer rose to outline the case against Carol. But just as he's about to speak, the great wood doors fling open 
and a figure steps into the room. <gasps> Gasp! Enthralled, the packed courtroom watch as a tiny old woman dressed in black holding a huge lo- a huge wooden crucifix before her makes her way slowly but purposefully towards Carol, oh. muttering under her breath. It's like, oh my Here god, go. what the fuck? So this old lady is Chiara Lobina, who is a well-known psychic and faith healer in Italy who had come to rid Carol of her demons. Oh, God. Demons out of your child. So the woman strides right up to the metal cage that Carol is sitting in because apparently you're a fucking polar bear if you're on trial, like in Italy. And she attempts to reach through the bars and grabs at Carol, who cowers and recoils away from her. At the very last moment before the woman can touch her, a British consulate springs forward and restrains her. Labina was quickly evicted from the court, but not before she spoke to the press that were assembled outside. Mm -hmm. So she said, and I quote, The Scots girl and her mother are both possessed by an 18th century witch, but they are innocent and don't realise this. I didn't mean them any harm. I just wanted to touch them both. Oh, I just want to feel your demons. Let me touch your witch. (laughs) So the crowd were understandably stunned. And Carol was then allowed to leave her cage and sit next to her lawyer for the duration of her trial. So, you know, it paid off, I suppose. Ancilla Cecchini had waited for her day in court for 17 long months and she was gonna have her say. She was like ready. So she gets up and she is asked why she believes that Carol had attempted to murder her granddaughter. She says, I blamed her because she was the only stranger in the house. I saw her, Carol, standing and standing in the sitting room and asked my daughter-in-law where the child was because there was no nanny with her. I pushed open the door and saw the flames were a metre high coming from the cot where it touched the bed and where the baby was asleep. So like, fuck. So, it was now Signora Ricci's time to take trial. She'd been in Paris at the time that she was informed that a fire had devastated her holiday home in Bolzano. At the time, her two-year-old son was being cared for by his grandparents and their new nanny, Carol. She claimed that she had attempted to make Carol feel welcome, but she was visibly unhappy for the duration of her time with the family. She cried every night for her fiancé and who she'd had to leave in Rome because these are all holiday homes that she's staying at. The families actually live in Rome. So she's gone for like nannying jobs in Rome and then immediately been shipped off to another place where she's completely on her own. Right. So she says, oh, she's crying for her boyfriend all the time. She's writing him letters saying that she hates the Ricci family and the young boy that she's in charge of. Um, the young boy that was in her care, Emmanuel, was terrified of Carol. He claimed that whenever she touched him, his skin burnt. In her testimony, Mrs. Ricci confirmed that her Sicilian maid, Rosa, had begged her to sack the Scottish nanny, claiming that the devil was in her. Rosa told her mistress that the religious painting that she had on the wall had fallen when Carol had passed by. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, I know. Bowls and other objects had jumped off coffee tables at their own volition. Boilers bubbled and spat, 
and the electric meter spun like crazy whenever she was nearby. Hmm. Oh, that crazy electric meter spin, spin, spin. Hmm. What? Well, that's why they're having electrical faults all the fucking time, clearly. Initially, Signora had laughed her off, telling her not to spout such superstitious bollocks. Nice. Until another maid notifies her of Carol's strange behaviour on the night that the fire destroyed her holiday home. Nicole Anaswabi had been out that night at a local festival with a few of the other staff from the house. Because this bitch got fucking staff. She has got a lot of people working for her, clearly. Damn. Damn. So they return home and they see that the house is engulfed in flames. And they're like, wow, what the fuck? (laughs) Wow. They see Carol standing on the driveway with Emmanuel, the little boy. But she hadn't telephoned the fire brigade and she hadn't alerted Emmanuel's grandfather who was still inside the house completely oblivious to the danger. She just stood there watching the fire, letting it fucking burn. Yeah, I know. Um, So the Ricci family, believing that the fire was a result of an electrical fault, decamped to a friend's house nearby to finish off their holiday. Within days, there were two small fires in that house. Is she a witch or is she an arsonist? This is it. I forgot a question at the end where I'm going to pose it to you. Once you have all the information, you can decide. Yeah, they've decided, right, we're going to just bin the Danny off and we'll carry on our holiday without everything being set on fire. (laughs) How about that? Yeah. Yeah, I prefer my, like, holidays without arson, really. So Professor Pitolo Nicolo, oh, that's a name, was dumbfounded when he looked into it he was a seasoned forensic expert from the university of pisa he says it was very strange that the mattresses burned only on the surfaces at the same spot although they were made from a very different type of material oh so that sorry i've just realized that the fucking the um other fire in the Ciccini house when in the grandparents room was also on the mattress today i learned even though i fucking read about this for fucking hours earlier right so you know that in the Ciccini house, her second place that she was nannying at, where the toddler nearly caught fire, yeah. there was the mattress in the toddler's room that caught fire. And the day before, the mattress in the grandparents' room had also caught fire. So they're like, electrical fault in the mattress, clearly. <laughs> Unless they have an electric blanket on it. Nice. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, which those things do fucking set fire to your mattress. Stop, like, be careful. Stop, I've got one. Do you have one? You need to be careful with that shit. Don't leave it on standby. Okay. Unplug it. Okay. The burn marks could have been caused by a hot iron, but not a cigarette lighter, a match, or a naked flame. In my 45 years' experience of this kind of investigation, I have never seen such fires. They were created by an intense heat, but not a flame. In all of the fires, the fire moved downwards rather than up, and I have no explanation. Spooky. So the only common factor in both of the case, of these cases was that on the occasions of all of the fires, Carol was seen standing nearby watching the fire from a distance in some sort of trance. Just watching, though. Like, that is an arsonist if I ever... That is! I know! She loves right? it. So now it was time for the psychiatrist's assessment of Carol. Dr. Mirabella Bottoccini and Professor Ludovico Igriami. Sure. Sorry, Italy. They both agreed that Carol um, had what they called an abnormal personality. 
same mate, <laughs> but no psychopathic tendencies. So while describing her to be of below average intelligence, they also claimed that she had been playing on the atmosphere and tension surrounding witchcraft in both the houses for her own, own amusement. I what know. What does I, that mean? I don't even know. So basically saying like, yeah, we believe that she set the fires. The fire! It was Carol Compton! It was Carol Compton! Sorry. So they basically said that she could tell that they were superstitious households and that she played on that for just because she thought like shits and gigs, basically. Which I think is a bit much, but okay. They said, they, they kind of posed a reason why the fires, why she would have set fires. She said um, that uh, Carol had started the fires motivated by a desire to return to Rome and be with her boyfriend. Basically hoping that it would spook the families and make them go home and cut their holiday short. Bitch. Yeah. 20 year olds be crazy, yo. Mm. Dr. Bertuccini summed up Carol's personality in court. They said, Carol has a naughty personality. We have no evidence that Carol is a pyromaniac. She has no mental illness, but she does have an abnormal personality. We do not, we don't want to say that she is socially dangerous. So take from that what you will. It's like, yeah, we think she probably set the fires. We don't think she's a danger to the public, but um, she's very naughty. So she's a little pickle. (laughs) She's a little, little pickle. Um, finally, on the 16th of December, 1983, it was time for the verdict. Carol was found not guilty of attempted murder, but was instead found guilty of two charges of arson and one of fire raising. Ow! Twisted fire starter! Uh, Carol. Um, so... She was given, uh, given that she'd already sent, uh, had fought 17 months in incarceration awaiting the trial, she just got time served and was allowed to go free and Carol flew home to Aberdeen the same day. Oh my God. Yeah. So a written report in January of 1984, so the following month, explained the reason for the court's verdict. Carol, it said, was suffering from a pathological nostalgia. She had created an atmosphere of unease and starting fires in a bid to force the families that she worked for, who were staying in their holiday homes, back to Rome where her fiancé lived. There was no physical evidence of Carol starting the fires because she had used an alcoholic substance which had evaporated. Carol appealed this, but lost. So that kind of... She appealed... Yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, fire starter conviction but she is a fire starter for life carol settles back into her life in aberdeen returning to work at the fish canning factory and within two years is married to zaruf ahmed who she'd been writing to whilst in prison (laughs) she eventually moves to west yorkshire yay and that was uh that's where she was last known to be we don't really know what happened to her since then and i hope that she's okay uh, not setting fire to anything locally to me. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I actually don't know what to say. I know this is it though. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? So I've posed this to you: Was she a a witch who was setting fires deliberately to harm those around her? Mm-hmm. Was she b possessed by some kind of demon 
and unaware of her destructive tendencies. Mm-hmm. Three, suffering from Munchausen it, syndrome. Have you done A, B, and then fires. three? C. You said three. I did say three. You can't go A, B, and then three. Um, star. Suffering from Munchausen. No, okay, C. Suffering from Munchausen syndrome, setting fires Ooh, in an attempt to garner sympathy. Munchausen. Yeah. Uh, D. A malicious psychopath, setting fires in an attempt to better herself either by returning to Rome or harming those around her because uh-huh. she a bad bitch. Mm-hmm. Or E. A victim of some serious bad luck and coincidence. Um... So is she A, B, 3, D, or E? <laughs> I feel like you don't have the option um, that I was thinking. She oh, just okay. a, she just a lovesick puppy who wants to be with her fiancé. Okay, so we have Desperately a D.2 of like... D.2. She, she ain't a malicious psychopath, she's just a dumbass. Who was thinking? How do I get back to Rome? My lover, I'll oh, set f- to to my ha ha Italian boy. <laughs> God's sake! For quite a number of years, when I was younger, and yeah, uh, cut that. Uh, disgusting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's there is literally one thing per episode that you tell me to cut that I usually don't. That's fucking gross. You're disgusting. I can't help. You did not. Ha- it would have cost back. you nothing not to tell me that. <laughs> I don't think. I think you should cut it because I didn't want to hear that. And I don't think anyone else will either. I don't know because you just said that funny thing about it would have cost you nothing. <sighs> just bleep it. That bleep it. <laughs> if, you, if you have to keep this bit of me berating you for saying something fucking disgusting. <laughs> Then just bleep what you said, and I then can you say, can leave them wondering. But it's fucking. It's, do you know what? Whatever they're because... imagining, it's worse. That's vile. <laughs> You're awful. I'm not. I got. You're horrendous. <laughs> anyway, let's leave it there. So, yeah, let's leave that there before I say something else that's gonna upset All me. Right. See you later, shitlords. Is that me included? <laughs> no. Okay. No, I'm gonna do a proper. <laughs> podcast ending hello welcome no wait that's the other one um <laughs> welcome to the ending tired. um oh bless you follow us on twitter and instagram at talk spooky if you're a facebook type person find us on facebook we're the talk spooky to me podcast or just talk spooky to me i don't know who cares um <laughs> I really don't care. Put it in there. You'll find us. There used to be a podcast yeah. with the same name as ours, and then we bullied them out. We got rid of them. <laughs> we were like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" <laughs> oh, <laughs> they did start after us, <laughs> and then immediately stopped. Yeah, they had one episode. Fuck you. We're the OG. Anyway, <laughs> um, have a nice life. <laughs> help! Help me! <laughs> help me end my life. Oh god. Okay. Alright. Uh, thanks for listening. Please help me on the fuckers. Lini, that's your cue. Oh fuck, bitch! Oh. <laughs> <laughs>